Today's podcast is brought to you by LootCrate.com. Save 10% on any new subscription at TryLootCrate.com slash PictureLock. Enter promo code BRIDGE10 for 10% savings. What's up, guys? Thank you so much for listening to and supporting Picture Lock. I absolutely love film, as you know, and have given my life to studying the medium. As a filmmaker, I understand what it takes to make a film from its inception to the big screen. As a critic, I've been able to see the business of film from the marketing side of things. And as a film festival director, I've been able to see the distribution side, but more importantly, the enormous amount of talented filmmakers out there creating and crafting stories from their heart. And that's why I've started Picture Lock PR. If you're a filmmaker or producer looking to engage audiences and create relevance around your latest or upcoming project, head over to PictureLockPR.com. We can help you with your film's publicity from pre to post-production. Get more information and see the clients we've helped in the past at PictureLockPR.com. PictureLock PR. Finally, a partner as passionate as you. What's going on, everybody? It's Picture Lock on WERALP Arlington 96.7 FM. Welcome to another episode of the world-famous, award-winning show. I'm your host, Kevin Sampson, filmmaker, film festival director, film critic, film publicist, and lover of film and TV. You can find all the back episodes and so much more at PictureLockShow.com. I'm so excited to announce that the full lineup for the second annual DC Black Film Festival is up at dcbff.org. Make sure you check it out to find out the films that you can see August 16th through 18th in Southeast DC at the Miracle Theater. I'm beyond excited and can't wait to showcase the great films we have here. It's going to be awesome. I'll start featuring some of the filmmakers in the festival on next week's show. So again, just go to dcbff.org for event details and all that good stuff. Today's episode is a little manic in a variety of ways. First, I talk with Kalina Burton, the director-producer of the documentary Manic, a film in which she struggles to make sense of the legacy of mental illness wreaking havoc over her siblings' lives. Then I have an interview with Rachel Wartell, the co-writer-director of the comedy A Sibling Mystery. The zany thing about our interview is that Rachel was outside when we recorded, so... The radio and podcast episode is alive with the sound of nature. That wasn't that wasn't the best, but <laughs> you'll hear some birds a chirping and some dogs a barking. Uh, you know, usually it's not like that, but we have a great conversation. And then I talk with Emily Aguilar and Faith DeVoe of the film Clara's Ultimate Christmas. The only thing manic about that interview is how quickly we had to get everything in. I was doing a bunch of interviews that day, so there's a couple times I had to edit out us talking over each other, but it's a great interview. And then finally, I talked with Amanda Lundquist, writer-director of Pinsky. The only thing wild there was how much fun we had talking about making a film with a predominantly female above-the-line crew. In fact, honestly, it was just great talking to all of these women in film. And that's all ahead on Picture Lock. Hey everyone, this is writer-director Melissa Miller-Costanzo of All These Small Moments, and you're listening to Picture Lock. 
It's Picture Lock. I'm your host, Kevin Sampson, and Manic chronicles filmmaker Galena Burton's struggle to make sense of the legacy of mental illness wreaking havoc over her siblings' lives. Convinced that her father holds a key piece of the puzzle, she sets out to find the truth about him and discovers a man known alternately as cult leader, a scam artist, a prophet, and a father of 15. Manic invites the viewer on a compelling and intimate journey through time and through the mind where past and present collide. I have the writer, director, producer of the film, Kalina Burton on the line. Kalina, welcome to Picture Lock. Thank you so much, Kevin. I'm excited to talk to you about this film because it's obviously a deeply personal film. But Kalina, the first question I always start out with is, when did you first fall in love with film? Well, it actually all goes back to my father. Um, growing up with my father uh, on a small island in the Caribbean, he was constantly documenting our everyday lives. Um, he had a big camera um, and took really amazing photographs. So it's sort of really through him that my fascination of like the medium arose. I mean, later on, um, when I moved to Montreal, my mother... Uh, sort of introduced us into like French New Wave, uh, Hitchcock films, um, auteur cinema, and and that's also uh, when sort of my love deepened. Um, and I had the idea that, you know, I'd go to university and do a bachelor's uh, in film. Wow. So if you could, um, you know, kind of take me from the journey of uh, going to college, university, and studying film to creating Manic, What's your backstory? Like, how did you kind of get into the industry and, and, and go from the girl who was like kind of fascinated with it to like actually a filmmaker? Absolutely. I remember when I was 15, uh, I watched um, Tarnation by Jonathan Coet. And it's this very raw, personal documentary film about um, his relationship with his mother, um, who has bipolar disorder. That, for me, was a true awakening, um, because there was somebody who was exposing uh, mental illness in a way that I had never seen before, and exposing his, himself in a process that seemed to be very cathartic. So that was sort of a wake-up call for me. I was like, oh my God, I, I recognized myself and my family in that film. And I was like, what if I tried to piece together my father's life through a documentary film um, by trying to make art out of sort of, you know, the years of suffering that um, my family had gone through. So that was kind of like a, a, a really pivotal moment. So I actually went to film school to, to be able to harness the tools to make Manic this specific film. Uh, so that's really kind of what got me into the industry. You're listening to Picture Lock. I'm your host, Kevin Sampson. I'm talking with the writer, director, producer of Manic, Kalina Burton. Kalina, if you could, just give a summary of the film for the audience. Absolutely. Uh, so Manic is a deeply personal film uh, in which I, I set out on a journey to piece together my father's life. Um, parallel to that, uh, my family's household is uh, completely falling to part, uh, shattered uh, by um, the consequences of mental illness. And throughout the film, um, I create a bridge between my father's chaotic life and sort of what my family has been left to deal with um, today. Yeah, so I'm really interested in this because obviously it's, uh, it, like I said in the beginning, deeply personal filmmaking. Um, you know, what were some of the challenges uh, in making this film? And then also, I would assume, as we said, this is kind of cathartic for you. Um, 
you know, what was some of the great, uh, I guess, growth that you experienced and that your family experienced through uh, making this film? Yeah, well, I think one of the main challenges was I was not only uh, the daughter setting out on a journey to piece together my father's life or uh, the sibling uh, trying to come to terms with my uh, sibling's mental health problems. I also had to be the filmmaker and at every time sort of consider the audience in the midst of all this and and then becoming sort of a character myself uh, within the storytelling narrative. So all of those things were uh, very delicate subject matters to negotiate. Um, so for me, it was really key to have an editor. I didn't, so I shot this film myself, uh, you know, um, but it was important to have an exterior, uh, you know, collaborator come in and help me sort of make sure that uh, it wasn't only just a relative to my family, but that the film had a message that, you know, could be interesting for an exterior audience audience uh, I think we were in in the end capable to really bring a universal story to the screen because showing the film I could see how so many people outside of the family have been really touched and inspired by it mm-hmm. um, and and then on another level I think it's been a truly cathartic experience not only for myself but for my siblings um, the films shows uh, very intense moments of my siblings going through uh, psychotic breaks, manic episodes, uh, depression. And the film gave them an opportunity for the first time to step out of their condition and see what it was like in that moment from outside. And that sort of brought a whole new perspective on their own understanding of their disorder. And it was sort of really very much of a wake-up call for them to find stability and um, to try to come to terms with this mental illness. Yeah, I can imagine. So, you know, as a documentary filmmaker, one of the things that is really difficult for us is, um, you know, it's not difficult, but, you know, you just got to do it the right way, and that's gaining the trust of the subjects that are in your film. <laughs> so, yeah. th- you know, this is extremely interesting when it's your family, right? Because sometimes, like, in our own families, it's like, you know, you can be a filmmaker, but, like, they're like, oh, but that's just Kevin. Or, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, that's just Kalina, you know? And so, like, what was that experience like for you as a documentary filmmaker, you know, gaining the trust of your family? And then even to peel that back a layer, the fact that, you know, you're putting your family out there for the world to see, um, you know, being vulnerable um, and making sure that you, you have that good balance of respect hey, at the end of the day, I still got to meet up with you for Thanksgiving, <laughs> but like, <laughs> I, I want to give an authentic story. Absolutely. Yeah, I think when you decide to make a piece about your family, you already, on one end, you start with a great advantage because you have amazing access. If you're able to, you know, get the collaboration of your, of your family, you start out with a really deep relationship. Um, but then that, it's kind of like a double... Uh, edge sword, right? Um, right. Because um, exactly, you know, are they going to take you seriously? I know in the beginning, especially this film was a challenge for my mother because I was revealing secrets about my father that she had, you know, worked to conceal her whole life. So mm. and in the in the beginning, I was just coming out of film school. So she's like, oh, Colleen is just, you know, doing a little personal project. But then when I was securing funding and I was traveling the world, um, she started to be a little bit um, 
uh, hesitant to appear in front of the camera. So sort of that fir those first moments of innocence sort of gave me bigger access with my mother because she didn't think it would be a big film. But then mm. when she realized it was getting bigger, that's when she sort of withdrew a little bit. Um, with my siblings, to make sure that it was respectful, you know, how do you show somebody in the midst of a psychotic episode without that scene feeling exploitative or, you know, um, voyeuristic, right? Right. Um, for me, what was key uh, was really establishing who was the person behind the camera. Uh, I had a legitimate right to tell this story because this was also my story. I wasn't just exploiting my siblings. My life was in the middle of all of this havoc. Um, but then the other thing was uh, showing them scenes along the way and making sure that they were comfortable in which, you know, in, in the way in which they were being portrayed, that that felt true to them. Um, so before the film ever came out, I sat down with my family and we watched, you know, different cuts and we talked about it. So that that was a um, sort of having them come on board as sort of creative collaborators or at least giving some feedback, I think helped to make the film uh, respectful in that sense and, and intimate. It's Picture Lock. I'm Kevin Sampson. I'm getting some nuggets of wisdom for all you documentary filmmakers out there <laughs> from writer, director, producer of the film Manic, Kalina Burton. Uh, Kalina, as we kind of wrap up here, you know, the film has been on the festival circuit. It's done really well. Maybe you could talk a little bit about that, but it's also available now on video on demand, correct? Exactly. Yes. We had our world premiere at Hot Docs in 2017. Um, the film won uh, the uh, Documentary Spirit Award at the Brooklyn Film Festival. It's traveled all throughout Europe. Uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was presenting Manic at the Moscow International Film Festival. And now we've just released the film on video on demand. So you can watch it on Vimeo. And we just also released uh, Manic VR, which is a virtual reality experience. That's an accompanying piece to Manic. And um, I was there premiering the piece at Sheffield in England uh, two weeks ago. That is, it's it, the the VR trailer looks incredible. Um, and, <laughs> Thank you. you. Know, I got to say, like, uh, last question, and then if you could, let folks know how they can follow you on social media and find... Uh, more about the the film on a website but um i have to say like one of the things i think about art and especially like being a filmmaker it's just so fun when you have this idea and concept in your head and then it, it's out there um for the world to you know kind of absorb and you know reflect on but this has to be great for you to be able to kind of sort through the pieces of your life and then kind of you know vomit everything up onto the big screen you know <laughs> am i right absolutely and it was like you were mentioning earlier it was extremely nerve-wracking exposing such intimate details about not only myself but my family but the moment where it was truly empowering was when i was sharing it with an audience and i was getting the audience feedback you know i had people come up to me and say thank you so much for sharing your family's story because that is me, that is my family and it helps me understand better my own personal struggles and it, it incites people to go on their own artistic journey to sort of decipher their own family history. So that for me was, was truly, truly empowering even though it was an extremely sort of, you know, at times very scary experience. Right, exactly, I'm sure. Well, how can people follow you on social media, find, more, find out more about the film? 
Absolutely. Uh, so I have my personal website, so kalinaburton.com. So all the information regarding Manic, Manic VR um, is available on my website. Um, to follow the film on Manic, uh, sorry, on Facebook, it's uh, um, Manic Documentary. Uh, I am also on Twitter, um, Kalina Burton, and uh, Manic is also on Twitter uh, at Manic underscore Doc. Awesome. Writer, director, producer of Manic, Kalina Burton, thanks so much for coming on Picture Lock. Thank you so much for having me, Kevin. It was a pleasure. Hey, everybody. This is Neil Fisher, co-creator and director of Hashtag Who Killed Heather, and you are listening to Picture Lock. It's Picture Lock. I'm your host, Kevin Sampson, and A Sibling Mystery is a comedy about a brother and sister who become consumed with investigating a mysterious woman they suspect has stolen their winning lottery ticket, endangering their summer party plans. I have co-writer, director, producer Rachel Wartell on the line with me. Rachel, welcome to Picture Lock. Hi, thank you for having me. This is my pleasure. Rachel, first question I always start out with, when did you first fall in love with film? Um, that's a good question. Probably when I was a kid. I feel, I mean, I think that's everyone's answer. Um, I feel like when I was younger, movies just like helped me a lot to just realize that um, there's other people like you in the world and that and then also seeing movies that were directed by women made me realize that I could do that one day. So I'm interested. What, what uh, you know, female-helmed movie really inspired you? Well, one of my, I mean, I love Sofia Coppola's movies, but when I was younger, like my favorite, I mean, it's still my favorite movie is Billy Madison, and that's directed by Tamara Davis. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, and like, and, you know, just that, like, to realize that, like, American Psycho is directed by a woman. And, and also Clueless by Amy Heckerling is one of my favorite movies. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so always, it was, it's usually always comedies directed by women that are the most inspiring to me. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I almost want to explore this a little bit because I'm like, hmm, what stands out to you in terms of, uh, you know, a female touch on a film, in terms of its direction, that maybe you just, you know, you, it doesn't resonate as as much with you, um, with men that direct it? I kind of, I almost think that, like, Billy Madison, like, if it wasn't directed by, and also Penelope Spheris directed Wayne's World and, um, black sheep and and so i feel like those movies where the main character is a man there's something that like i don't know i feel like i just even sensed it when i was little that like it was like for everyone like it wasn't just for boys yeah <laughs> right right no i i love it and that's why i kind of wanted to probe a little bit more because i'm like uh, yeah i could i can definitely you know you can tell when a film um, is made by, you know, it's kind of more male-centric film versus right, female. Right. And even, like, when we think about, like, lately, like, with Wonder Woman and um, mm-hmm. just how that story was kind of told, and you could tell it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily done in a typical male fashion where we focus more on maybe some of the action and, you know, but it just had this... Right. 
this touch to it that you can't quite put into words. But anyways, all right. Yeah. So let's get back to this interview. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you could give us a little history lesson, because uh, A Sibling Mystery is your first uh, feature film. Um, so how did you kind of get into the industry? Well, I don't really, really even feel like I'm in the industry, but um, I mean, I guess like the independent film world. Um, so my friend Dan Erickson and I made this movie and we kind of had this like arbitrary goal that we wanted to make a movie before we were 30. So we shot it when we were 29. Um, neither of us like went to film school or anything. We just loved movies and Dan's an editor and we, so we would get together and write and we got all our friends be in the movie. It was very like, um, it was just like, also, I mean, and I'm actually in production right now in my second movie and Dan's the producer. Um, and, and it's basically, it ends up just be like hanging out with your friends. And so that's kind of what we're always trying to do when we make movies. It's like an excuse to have fun. It's Picture Lock. I'm your host, Kevin Sampson. I'm talking with the co-writer, director, producer of A Sibling Mystery, Rachel Wartell. Rachel, if you could, for the audience, um, just in your own words, what's the film all about? Um, so the movie is about a brother and sister that are staying at their aunt's apartment in Chinatown, and they find a winning lottery ticket, and then the ticket goes missing, and it's all about figuring out if they lost it or who took it and it's like um a caper and it's really silly and and fun and not serious yeah and i i find it interesting that you know your co-writer dan erickson you guys have known each other since you were 14 so i'm sure that like writing this together you're able to have that banter that goes back and forth um almost like siblings right yeah, so, like, me, Dan and I have, like, a brother-sister-sibling-like dynamic, so it was easy to write it together, and we're good at collaborating, and and now we're each um, directing, we each wrote and are directing our own features, and we're producing each other's stuff, so we'll probably, like, work together for the rest of our lives <laughs> you know but those are some of the uh the great combos and i know that um that happens like the, that partnership that um can kind of keep going uh just in terms of the constant collaboration it's easy to work with each other you know how each other kind of works um so as this being your first feature like what were some of the challenges and then like what was some of the great triumphs in creating this it's challenging when you're working with your friends for it to, for it to feel professional, like meaning like, you know, nobody was like, none of the actors were getting paid. They were our friends. They're like comedians. Um, so it can just be hard to kind of rally people. But, but one of the most exciting things was that, you know, we didn't know what was going to happen. We just wanted to make it, but it got into 11 festivals and, and now it's, you know, and then it was picked up by like a sales agent and a distribution company. And, and we, you know, I said I would be happy if it got into like one tiny festival. So everything has kind of been like exciting and a triumph. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Um, so what's been the audience reception to the film uh, on the festival circuit? I think that people think it's really fun and funny and cute and and people love Lily Meyer, who's the main actress in it, and my best friend. And 
she's very charming and she's the star of my next movie. And I think people like watching a movie that, um, I think people always like watching movies that take place in New York. Um, and, and movies about like adult siblings. So there's been like really positive perception. It's Picture Lock. I'm your host, Kevin Sampson, and I've been talking with the co-writer, director, producer of A Sibling Mystery, Rachel Wartell. Um, Rachel, if you could, like, how could people follow the film, find out more about it, especially the VOD release? Um, so the website is asiblingmystery.com, and we have a lot of information there, and it will be distributed online sometime this year in the next few months um most likely on itunes and amazon you'll be able to stream it sounds good yeah rachel thanks so much for coming on picture lock thank you so much for having me this was really fun let's take a quick break for promos stay tuned what if you could have a film critic film festival director, film publicist, and fellow filmmaker guide you with your film's PR and marketing journey from pre-production to post. I'm Kevin Sampson, and my online course, PR for the Indie Filmmaker, does just that. In this course, I'm going to teach you how to set up your film to engage an audience and build a community long before you call action. I'll show you how to approach critics to make them aware of your film like publicists do, And as a director of two film festivals, I won't just teach you hacks and secrets to reduce entry fees, but how you can actually use the film festival circuit to create buzz around your film. I'm a huge supporter of diverse storytelling in film, and I believe the most unique voices come from indie filmmakers. That's who I've supported over the years with my show Picture Lock, whether on TV or on radio. With as much experience as I've had as an independent filmmaker myself, critic, publicist and festival director, I realized that most indie filmmakers just need access to the knowledge that big firms provide to achieve success. So in this course, I'm going to demystify some of the process and give you everything I know in a behind the scenes look at the sides of the business you don't always see. So click the link below and get a free preview of the course, PR for the Indie Filmmaker. Market your film like a pro and become an army of one. Thanks so much for listening to Picture Lock Podcast, guys. I'm always trying to find great deals on cool things that I can offer you, as you know. And with Picture Lock, Loot Crate is offering an opportunity to save 10% on any new subscription at LootCrate.com. Well, what is Loot Crate, you ask? Loot Crate is a monthly mystery crate for geeks, gamers, and fans of pop culture, delivering cool and often exclusive items like collectibles, t-shirts, home goods, and more directly to your door every month. What makes Loot Crate so awesome to me is instead of getting my new graphic tees from the store each month, for the same price or less, I can get cool apparel from my favorite TV shows, movies, games, and more. And if you got a little more to shell out, you can get even bigger and better items. No matter what you pay per month, the value of the crate is usually more, so it's a win-win. You're going to search through the rack or shelves anyway. Let Loot Crate do it for you and throw a little curveball in there for you. To save 10% on any new subscription, go to trylootcrate.com slash picture lock. Again, that's trylootcrate.com slash picture lock to save 10% on any new subscription. Enter promo code BRIDGE10 for 10% savings.
Picture Lock's question of the week last week was, in honor of eighth grade coming out, name the film that best described your middle or high school experience. On the gram, at my life on budget, said middle school, The Wood, high school, Clueless. At the family man, 06, said The Wood for middle and high school. At a bridge to Oz, said, I'm really thinking about this one. I feel like it doesn't exist. Time for a first stab at a script, lol. <laughs> I think you should do that. I, I could totally understand how you could say that. So make that film. And then finally, at Way Things Work said The Breakfast Club. So I want to thank everybody for participating in our question of the week last week. I said the wood would be mine because while I couldn't relate to everything those guys did, I certainly related to the Mike character who wanted to be cool, but just couldn't figure out how to be himself at times. But when he did, <laughs> he was cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I always tell my wife, like, I'm so glad we didn't meet. That's the funny thing. Shout out to uh, Layla Manguel. Speaking of Manic, uh, she played Manic Monday at her wedding when she danced with her mother. Um, but, to get off subject even more, uh, Layla grew up two doors down from me. We'd known each other since third grade. Uh, my wife, Alex, actually knew her in middle school and high school, and they were really good friends in high school, hung out all the time. In fact, uh, my wife now, she would go over to Layla's house all the time, but we never met. Uh, so <laughs> I always tell Alex, you know, if uh, you had met me in middle or high school, we probably wouldn't be married because I was just such a nerd. College made me cool, so. But hey, everybody has their journey. I wouldn't take it back. I love everything that I did in middle school and high school. And uh, some kind of way we got off of uh, picture lock and talking about film to talking about Kevin's personal life. But uh, whatever. <laughs> All right, so listen, let's get back to it. This week's question, I always ask my guests this, but I, I want to ask the listeners, when did you first fall in love with film? I want to hear that. Uh, this time, you could hit me up on social media, but I want you to actually call in. Leave me a message, 60 seconds or less, on when you fell in love with film, and I'm going to do my best to play it on the show next week. Uh, I'll put the number in the show notes for you podcast listeners. Otherwise, call 202-350-1351. You can always let me know on social media or email me at picturelockshow at gmail.com, and I'll read your answer next episode. But I want to put some voices on the show, so make that call. Hey, everyone. This is Erica Cohn, the director and producer of The Judge, and you're listening to Picture Lock. It's Picture Lock. I'm your host, Kevin Sampson, and in Claire's Ultimate Christmas, a tech-savvy 10-year-old video blogger's ultimate Christmas unravels into chaos when her dad leaves for New York two days before Christmas and her dog, Luke, runs away, leaving her in utter despair. I have the film's writer-director, Emily Aguilar, and producer, Faith DeVoe, on the line. Ladies, welcome to Picture Lock. Thank you so much. We're so excited to be here. Thanks for having us, Kevin. I'm excited to have you here. Uh, the first question that I always start out with, when did you first fall in love with film? Oh, that's an easy one. I fell in love with it when my family took me to go see Titanic. And while everyone was really sad about the boat 
going into the ocean, I was just looking around and everyone was so into the movie. And I said, wow, this can really impact a lot of people. So when I was, I think I was, um, you know, four or five when that, when I saw it in the movie theater. And by then I knew I wanted to be in the entertainment industry. Mine's a little older than that. I was 10 and went to see Raiders of the Lost Ark. And when the boulder comes down, everybody went, wow. I said, that is what I want to do. (laughs) I want to put that whole thing. I don't want to be in it. I want to. I want to bring everything together to make that happen. You know, I love the fact that you all have specific points in time where you can just narrow it down like that. Um, that <laughs> that's pretty awesome. So if you could, um, for both of you, if I could just get kind of a little history lesson. How did you guys uh, kind of get into the industry and then maybe coming together to create Claire's Ultimate Christmas? Yeah, so I actually um, am from Virginia. I grew up there, and I moved to Los Angeles seven years ago, and I did the whole film school thing. I worked in a lot of production companies, and, you know, that's when you have to move up. You have to start making movies no matter what your um, situation is. And we have a film festival that I created in D.C., and Faith saw that we were doing it and mm-hmm. because she's a woman and film member. Uh, board member and um, basically we just connected um, I feel like it's fate you know exactly. how, how it happened and we got together I, I told her that I have this Christmas movie that I really want to do and she said alright let's do it so we really just put our heads together um, knowing the resources that we have and you know made it happen and really hustled <laughs> exactly I went to college in LMU as did Emily and when I saw she was an alum I emailed her, like, I have to meet you. (laughs) (laughs) So I I lived in L.A. and worked at entertainment companies and crewed on films, and we connected, and we've been going ever since. (laughs) And the rest is history. It's Picture Lock. I'm your host, Kevin Sampson. I'm talking with the writer-director, Emily Aguilar, and producer, Faith DeVoe, of Claire's Ultimate Christmas. Um, Were you all about to say something? I'm sorry. Oh, um, I was just saying we're on the set of Breeze Day Home Challenge right now. So here we are with our third uh, third feature. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Well, let's go to uh, what I think is the first one, Claire's Ultimate Christmas. If you could, uh, maybe Emily, in your own words, what's the film about? It's definitely about a girl who dreams of the ultimate Christmas. And there's definitely some family scenarios that aren't ideal which actually happens, you know, a lot in reality. So I wanted to emulate that because, you know, there's a lot of movies that uh, fake the realities of family situations, and this one actually makes it more realistic. Um, The parents do have some issues, you know, in terms of their marriage. And the daughter, um, Clara, she really just wants to have the best Christmas. And, you know, her only being 10 years old, she um, catches up on those things but also tries making it the best. So for me, I really want the film to teach little girls and boys to learn to cope with the issues, but also not make it break them. Like, she's really positive about the situation happening in the film. When her dog runs away, you know, she she tries and finds him, and then when she can't, you know, she makes it positive. And then same thing um, when her dad goes away, too. You know, she just always creates um, a solution, which is what I want children to know that they can do, even at a young age, even if they don't, even if they're conscious. So... For me, that's something really important that I that I want to do with the films to teach children, you know, to be positive no matter what. 
Yeah, and could you talk a little bit about the fact that the character is a vlogger? Obviously, you know, in this generation, like YouTube <laughs> and everything, it's, like, huge. Um, and so it's kind of like, whereas for us, we kind of had to learn it, and, you know, we kind of paved that way. I think um, it's, it's really interesting that basically she kind of performs um, to a larger audience, um, but at the same time, I think you're kind of dealing with those things that, behind closed doors when the cameras are off like what's really going on in life can you talk a little bit about that yeah so i definitely wanted to make sure that the movie was upbeat and you know there's so many uh teens and even preteens, even four or five year olds out in the street with cell phones and um it's just crazy to see that and i wanted to make sure that we connect with them and technology is a big way to connect with a younger audience so that was really important that's why we needed to make her a blogger um, and, you know, make sure that she does her videos. And it's really cute. She has um, a vlog of her and her dog and, and a Christmas outfit. So it's cute. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, Faith, if you could, um, how could people kind of check out this film? I know you guys are releasing it uh, later this fall. Yes. Well, you can always look us up on uh, IMDb. We've got a website. ClarisUltimateChristmas.com, and um, we've got the trailer out, we've got the teaser out, and uh, we're trying to just get out there on the Facebook page. Please like and follow us on Facebook. And um, and also the big thing, you can also check out um, my website, too, because being a lack yeah. of female director, you know, it can... Um, we're trying to pave through the cement here. So my, my website, emilyaguilar.com, uh, links through all the websites as well mm -hmm. for the film. Got it. Um, yeah. So if, if we could, switching gears real quick, just so I can try to get this in. You guys, like you said, you're on your, working on your uh, third project together. Um, maybe if you could, really quickly for the audience, um, talk about the other projects that you work on. Yeah, so the next movie I'm really excited about is called Breeze Bake Off Challenge, and you can check that out on Facebook. It's a baking movie for kids, and if you're a big fan of Chopped or the Great British Bake Off or the Food Network in general, this is a movie for you. Um, it's so funny because we have 12-year-olds negotiating for cupcakes and brownies, <laughs> and we also incorporate, you know, the technology, you know, with, with Snapchat and Instagram and, you know, just cell phones in general. So it's really cute, um, and we're on the set of it right now, mm -hmm. and we're looking forward for it to coming out next year. Yes, and we have one in post-production, Pipeline, our horror movie we want you to be on the lookout for. You're listening to Picture Lock. I'm your host, Kevin Sampson. I've been talking with the writer-director of Clara's Ultimate Christmas, Emily Aguilar, and the producer, Faith DeVoe. Um, one more thing, Emily, it sounds like you, you had to say. Oh, um, one other thing that I'm really, really excited and happy about is the Breeze Bake Off Challenge, Claire's Ultimate Christmas, and Pipeline. We have 60% of our cast and crew that are people of color and female. So that's something really important, too, that we always want to do in our films. So I just wanted to yeah. make sure you knew that. Awesome, <laughs> <Yeah>. too. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a hugely important uh, diversity in film uh, above the line and especially uh, just within the films as well. So, folks, this is definitely something that you would want to support. Um, again, if you guys could, uh, I know that Claire's Ultimate Christmas is coming out on a Dove Network. 
Um, should people just consult their local TV guides <laughs> to find that? Yes, and we'll be finding it also and putting it out on social. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was really great talking with you. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. It was such a great experience, and we love Picture Lock. So thank you for having us. We're so excited. Thank you. Thank you again, Kevin, so much. My pleasure. I'm Julian Jones, car director and animator of the movie Animator, and you're listening to Picture Lock. It's Picture Lock. I'm your host, Kevin Sampson. And in the wake of a bad breakup and the death of her grandfather, Sophia Pinsky moves back home under the martial law of her Russian grandmother and is forced to reevaluate the terms of her adult life in the movie Pinsky. I have co-writer, director of the film, Amanda Lundquist on the line with me. Amanda, welcome to Picture Lock. Hey, Kevin. Thanks so much for having me. Hey, it's my pleasure. I love, I love, yeah. I love how some people respond in that. That was so, that was like so natural. I, I almost feel like we're like really good friends. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Amanda. So the first question I always start out with: When did you first fall in love with film? I would say um, around the time the Birdcage came out. I don't know. Like I remember. Um, going through the birdcage with my family. Like, really, you know, uh, and I was, like, so allured by um, how they, you know, how that script used humor to talk about, like, you know, LGBT issues or, like, you know, kind of, like, difficult political conversations in a sort of, like, flippant, uh, really shameless kind of, like, humor so that really turned me on to um, cinema um, but it's hard to pinpoint just like one moment I don't know <laughs> I mean no, you know, no. I think I think go ahead you know you, you go ahead no, I think that that um, I mean that could that could definitely be it and that makes sense you know I haven't gotten the bird cage yet but you know I, I'm, I'm always fascinated with that answer because it tells me either a about kind of like you you and family and growing up um but then also sometimes the film um tells me a lot about you as a director as well and so i i just find that fascinating as we talk about pinsky but yeah did you have anything else you wanted to add to that oh well i probably could talk about that forever with you but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, it's just so many films, like, from, you know, an early age that really moved me and really engaged me, and um, also documentary films, too, like, news coverage, like, I, I think that's, like, always been my lens for understanding the world, you know? Right. Like, sitting in a, sitting in a dark theater and, and watching um, a director and their actors, you know, articulate a message. It's moving, yeah, you know. Yeah, most definitely. And uh, I think we'll get into that with Pinsky in a little bit. But if you could take me from, you know, the girl that was watching The Birdcage to uh, the woman that is co-writer, director of Pinsky. Like, how did you get into the industry? So um, I had been working for a film festival uh, with a friend of mine who's actually the co-writer of the film. Her name is Rebecca Karpovsky. Uh, she's also um, a childhood buddy of mine, so 
we're, we're like sisters, you know, and we were both working for this festival and seeing like all these like young guys coming in and like, you know, screening their films that we watched and like didn't really emotionally connect with. And we were like, you know, we have really good, we have a really good sense of the world and we have a really good sense of ourselves. Like, why can't we try and, you know, make a movie ourselves? And so we uh, signed up for a screenwriting class. And it, it was like a one step at a time type of thing. Like, we write a script. Um, it's not going to be perfect. We're just going to try and get it done. And then we're going to try and find funding for it. And then once we find the funding, we're going to try and crew up. And then once you get to, like, you know, one step at a time. And then, you know, it's been many, many steps. And uh, we finished the movie together. Um, and, you know, we've been on tour for the last year. We premiered in Moscow, International Film Festival. The film deals with um, a first-generation Russian immigrant family in Boston, present day. Um and so it was really wild to have it premiere in Moscow. And then we went to the Santa Fe Independent Film Festival, which is like the best festival we've been to and was so engaging and, and was really just about the film. It was not about like um, anything other than loving cinema and loving storytelling and connecting with other filmmakers. And we won Best Feature there, which was really cool. Nice. And uh, yeah, and... And now uh, we're just, you know, we're closing a distribution deal and trying to, you know, get the film out there online. That's that's in in a nutshell my trajectory thus far. Awesome. Yeah. I'm talking with co-writer, director of Pinsky, Amanda Lundquist. You're listening to Picture Lock. I am Kevin Sampson. Amanda, uh, if you could just. In your own words, what is Pinsky all about? Pinsky is uh, like a belated coming-of-age story. Um, this girl, Sophia Pinsky, is, you know, out of college for a while, pretty directionless, um, alienated from her family uh, because, you know, her family is essentially, uh, you know, a Russian, uh, you know, Soviet family. Uh, living in Boston and trying to adjust to American life and culture, and uh, there's a little bit of there's a little bit of tension, you know, um, with this character who's like, you know, you know, she's she's a little bit American, she's a little bit Russian, she's a little bit queer, um, she's kind of neither here nor there. So it's about being in that in between place um, in life. It's a comedy, though. So, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like that. It's don't 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 get down. It's not dire. Um, yeah. No. So, uh, you know, kind of going back to what we were talking about in the beginning and how we use uh, cinema to kind of analyze life. Um, your character, Sophia, you know, that's what she's really doing in the film. Um, could you talk a little bit about that exploration and what the audience feedback has been thus far? We have really lively Q and A's. I think part of the reason is because, you know, people relate to you know this character who grew up with one bathroom because you know like multiple people in the audience will raise their hand and be like, oh, you know, I grew up with one bathroom or like <laughs> uh, my. My grandmother was just like that, and, you know, like, so people, 
relate to it on a you know on a personal level. Mm-hmm. I think on like um, you know, I think it's a it's a cultural um, it's a unique cultural perspective to deal with tragedy in you know a comical way, and I think that also resonates with a lot of people. So you know, people have you know seems like they feel like there's some sort of catharsis with the film, you know, watching it. Um, who come from, you know, first-generation families or queer families or Russian families or Jewish families or whatever, you know. Um, the response has been, been really good. You know, there, there have been some hairy responses as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but... One thing I'm wondering, uh, you know, for your above the line crew, it was predominantly female. Can you talk a little bit about what that was like, you know, with an above the line crew that is comprised of women? It was so cool. It was so, it was like, I don't, when we were shooting, I felt like we were all on such a same page, you know, we were really with each other. And I didn't even care about the final product in the film. I was just like, having so much fun shooting it. We were all we were all like friends and family, and like yeah, working with other women and like giving each other the chance um, to find you know our success on set, and like you know that like that we were shooting for a month, and I think we all felt like really empowered by the end of it. Mm. and really like we knew what we were doing and you know a lot of us you know a lot of us were new to it um except for the dp who uh olga vasquez who like really kind of just showed us like how to make a movie i mean (laughs) (laughs) and was like yeah and was like really patient with us but like the ad um no the ad was like my one of my closest friends from college and I mean, we learned really fast, and we were, like, hungry for the opportunity, so we just gave it to ourselves, and because, like, nobody was looking to give us an opportunity to do it. (laughs) Like, nobody's going to say, nobody's going to say, hey, you haven't, like, directed, like, anything? Like, yeah, he's a script, he's money, you know? (laughs) Yeah, you know. um, It was really cool. And, and and not to not to go like political on this, but I just I noticed that um, within you know your crew, and so I'm I'm kind of wondering like why why do you feel that it's important? I guess you know one I mean I think that great films can be made whether it's a diverse crew or not, or you know it's all female, all male. Um, great films can be made, but I do think that like you said and what you hit on was the opportunity. Um, to, you know, have a chance to make a film in that fashion. Um, why do you think that that's important? I mean, people need to see themselves um, on the screen. You know, life is hard enough already. Like, you, 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 need, you need to see characters um, when you're watching entertainment and looking for that release. You need to see people that um, you relate to and that you understand. Um, and I think it, because, you know, like, art, not to get too, like, you know, heady or whatever, but, like, that's where my spirituality is, 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 like, watching a film, you know? And that's where, like, I get energy in life is, like, you know, like, James Baldwin has this quote about, like, I thought I was alone in life until I, you know, read a book and realized other people have the same feelings that I have. And I think that's, like, 
the best kind of art can do that. And I mean, I'm a long way from there, you know, in terms of like, <laughs> like articulating like my perspective and helping amplify other artists' perspectives. But like, that's the ultimate goal is to like have all these people who have been, you know, kind of like silent in uh, the mainstream and indie film world uh, be able to share their stories and, and deepen um, our understandings of each other in the world. Yeah, I guess I got pretty verbose just now, but <laughs> no, you didn't. But I feel it. I feel like it's a mystical experience. I'm not. I'm not going to synagogue. I don't go to church. Like I go to the cinema when I need to connect and and get grounded. So, you know, that's the way it's been. <laughs> that's why it's important. Yeah, it's Picture Lock. I'm your host, Kevin Sampson. I'm talking with the woman who is trying to connect one film at a time, co-writer-director of Pinsky, Amanda Lundquist. Uh, no, Amanda, I talk about this all the time on the show and just in life. I do feel as though, um, you know, cinema is one of those things. What I love about cinema, and, and, and I've been saying this a lot lately, is the fact that you can digest a subject without having to get your hands dirty. And unfortunately, sometimes in life, like, that's just how we function, I think, as human beings. Like, um, you could talk, I don't know, like, it could be racism, right? Like, uh, if I've never really met another black person and I have all these stereotypes in my head, but I can see a film, and so I don't have to get my hands dirty, but I can get to know that person. And, you know, you switch out with whatever um, kind of issue or person and, I just feel like cinema has the power to be able to um, break down walls and especially the communal aspect of theater, of seeing films together once the lights come up and having conversations afterwards. So you um, are totally correct. I get it. You know, cinema can be my sanctuary at times as well. But if you could, uh, for the audience that's listening, like, how can people follow Pinsky? How can people find out more about it? Yeah, uh, you can go to www.pipsky.com. Pipskymovie.com. Um, <laughs> whoops. Uh, you can just follow us on Facebook. We're going to be online streaming soon and uh, potentially in a few uh, theaters in New York and L.A. And uh, we'll be making some announcements about that soon uh, on our website. So definitely check that out. Awesome. Co-writer director of Pinsky, Amanda Lundquist. Thanks so much for coming on Picture Lock. Thank you so much. It's really been fun talking to you. That's all for this episode. I'd like to thank my guests, Kalina Burton, Rachel Wartell, Emily Aguilar, Faith DeVoe, and Amanda Lundquist for coming on the show. Be sure to catch up on back episodes of the podcast and subscribe in iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Blueberry, wherever you catch your podcast. If you're a fan of Alexa skills, just say, Alexa, play Picture Lock and tune in and I come right up, please leave a five-star review of the show as well. That helps to get the show out to more people. And that way I can just highlight more indie filmmakers and the guests that are coming on the show. You guys know I love this. I put my heart and soul into this. I appreciate those five-star reviews. You can find Picture Lock on most social media. All social media is at Picture Lock Show. Be sure to follow me on the Stardust app for my quick movie TV and trailer reviews. Just look up at Picture Lock Show and I'll be right there. 
Watch back episodes of the TV show at youtube.com slash picture lock show and subscribe. I've really enjoyed putting out movie reviews on YouTube once again. I know it's going to die down a little bit because DC Black Film Festival is about to hit next month, August 16th through 18th. Just had to put another plug in. Make sure you go to dcbff.org for details on that event. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, you can fill out a form on the website. Again, this week's question of the week is, when did you first fall in love with film? Drop me a voicemail at 202-350-1351 or send me an email and let me know at picturelockshow at gmail.com. Or if you prefer to stick to social, hit me up on any of Picturelock's social media pages and I'll talk about it on the air next week. All music is done by Mike S. The Prophet 13. Thanks, bro. I'm Kevin Sampson, and until next time, I hope you stay locked on film.